0: friends. This is the third Sunday in the season of Advent and we are journeying in holy darkness. And one of the inspirations um, for our frame for this series is the Reverend Dr. Will Gaffney. And in her sermon, which she preached last year, 2019, called Holy Blackness, The Matrix of Creation, which I highly recommend to you. She begins with these words. In the velvet darkness, darker than a thousand midnights, down in a cypress swamp. This luminous darkness, this radiant blackness, this holy black, this holy black womb of God, life into the world against a tapestry of holy life-giving darkly radiant blackness shaping molding knitting coalescing earth stuff from star stuff from god stuff all before uttering the first word Today, we are going to talk about the darkness of the womb. This phrase has captured my imagination since I heard Valerie Kerr's speech from Watch Night Worship 2017, when she asked the question, what if this darkness is not the darkness of the tomb, but the darkness of the womb? What if this darkness is not the darkness of the tomb, but the darkness of the womb? Today, we are going to talk about the darkness of Mary's womb as we move through Advent and prepare for the birth of Jesus. You might have some level of skepticism about the virgin birth, the Immaculate Conception. I know I do. But I would invite you to set that all aside for today, for this moment. If that means you need to embrace this story as myth, as legend, as story, I would invite you to do that. This isn't about a litmus test for something you must believe to be a real Christian. It's about entering the mysterious and magical story of god becoming human this story is a remarkable one it is just as fascinating as the best novel you've ever read it's maybe more engaging than the most engaging sci-fi book the most captivating ancient greek myth so embrace it Let the story speak itself, speak to you, as you let so many other stories in your life speak to you. We're going to hear these words from Luke chapter one, beginning in verse 26, and Allison and Catherine are going to help me with reading some of the parts. Six months later in Nazareth, a city in the rural province of Galilee, the heavenly messenger Gabriel made another appearance. This time, the messenger was sent by God to meet with a virgin named Mary, who was engaged to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David himself. The messenger entered her home.
1: Greetings. You are favored, and the Lord is with you. Among all women on earth, you have been blessed.
0: The heavenly messenger's words baffled Mary, and she wondered what type of greeting this was.
1: Mary, don't be afraid. You have found favor with God. Listen, you are going to become pregnant. You will have a son, and you must name him Savior or Jesus. Jesus will become the greatest among men. He will be known as the son of the highest God. God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David, and he will reign over the covenant family of Jacob forever.
2: But I have never been with a man. How can this be possible?
1: The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The most high will overshadow you. That's why this holy child will be known as not just your son, but also as the son of God. It sounds impossible, but listen. You know your relative Elizabeth has been unable to bear children and is now far too old to be a mother. Yet she has become pregnant, as God willed it. Yes, in three months she will have a son. So the impossible is possible with God.
2: Here I am, the Lord humble servant. As you have said, let it be done to me.
0: This is the story, the continuing story of Elizabeth and Zachariah and Mary enters and has this amazing encounter with an angel. Thank you to Allison and Catherine overshadowed. A word that I just pass over without thought. A word in almost every translation that I've heard of this story in the 43 Christmases that I've lived through. But that word caught me this year, thanks to a prayer from 1513 by Father Giovanni Giocondo, which Seward Delevich came across recently and shared with me it contained the phrase overshadowing presence, which recalled me to this passage from the Bible. And I realized that overshadow is about darkness. Of course, it has always been, I just have never noticed. Overshadow could be an ominous idea as if we're ascribing to the binary view of darkness being scary and light being safe. But this Advent season, we are really trying to move beyond that view of darkness and light. This overshadowing. This encounter between Mary and the Holy Spirit isn't about sperm and egg. It's about mystery. A miracle. An unknown beginning hidden in darkness. It wasn't until the 20th century that humans really had a, con- a concept of conception, the reality of a zygote, fetus, uterus, or placenta. The angel says this will happen, but we don't hear anything more than the foreshadowing of this event and then the future result of Jesus' birth. There is a mystery in darkness there is an unknown that is even more intriguing and beautiful than the full explanation of how and when and a detailed account of the exact needs. If this is the way that God comes to us, if this is the story that we have, what does that tell us about who God is? I found these words really compelling from Scott Erickson in his Advent devotional, Honest Advent. He asked the question, what does it say about God, about a God who is willing to be this vulnerable with us? Who is willing to be attached by a placenta for nourishment and life to its own creation? who's willing to wait and grow in the human womb. Who's willing to be fearfully and wonderfully made just like we are. And he continues, God came to us floating in embryonic fluid, slowly forming and taking shape embedded in the uterine wall of a Middle Eastern teenage woman. It trusted to care for its fragile knitting process. The hiddenness of a baby in the womb. Babies are hidden. When a woman is first pregnant, it isn't obvious to everyone. It takes months and months for her to start showing. And even then there are cultural norms about when it's okay to comment on it, right? There are cultural norms about when it's okay to comment on it. The growth inside the womb eventually becomes obvious but not until the baby has spent more than half of their allotted time in the womb. One of the questions that people of faith are asking over and over to ourselves lately is, how is God with us during this pandemic? I don't know. But I believe that God is right there just beyond. I believe that God is right there just beyond our perceiving. Waiting, gestating, wintering, and seeking for something better to be born out of this chaos. Just like God has been doing throughout the history of the world. Learning to walk in the dark has been um, by Barbara Brown Taylor, the book by Barbara Brown Taylor which the subtitle, because God shows up because sometimes God shows up at night is a book that started me on this journey of reevaluating the binary relationship of dark and light. It's a book I highly recommend. She engages various kinds of darkness and shares her real life experience of learning And growing through those personal experiences with each of those kinds of darkness. She has lots to say about darkness. And I'd like to end this sermon with a quote from her Above my head, the waning crescent is headed toward full dark. She's talking about the moon. Or at least dark to me. Paradoxically, the nights when the old moon vanishes from sight, are the same nights the new moon is being born. Tomorrow night, I will need a flashlight to shut the chickens in for the night either that or leave the house early enough to wait for my eyes to adjust allow for stillness and then see what is possible to walk like that is to become part of the night in a way that no light-bearing colonist can To walk like that is to remember the night inside me, where the new moon is always being fashioned in the dark. The new moon is always being fashioned in each of us in the darkness, may it be so.
2: O oh, day of peace that dimly shines through all our hopes and prayers and dreams guide us to justice truth and love delivered from our selfish schemes may swords of hate
3: And thank you, Pastor Sarah, for your message. Um, You know, Sarah preached a lot about Jesus forming in the darkness, but in some ways it wasn't just Jesus who was in the darkness as he was developing. It was also Mary. Um, They were one in the darkness. And she was also living in the additional darkness of uncertainty and the challenge of walking a path no one had ever walked before in history. Um, that's why the older I get, the deeper my admiration for her becomes. I respect her as a person, as a leader of the church, and as the single most for, like formative influence on Jesus and Jesus becoming who he was. In the encounter Sarah described, Mary was presented with um, a description of this amazing child that was going to be born, but the angel left out some of the details that I'm sure Mary picked up on anyway, even despite her young age. He was telling her that her life was going to be really complicated. It would involve insults and blessings, financial hardships as a single mother, and immeasurable richness. It was gonna involve loneliness and isolation from people around her, and yet God with us, Emmanuel, living within her and with her. What a complicated and confusing and amazing proposition. Yet even in her young life, she demonstrated the essence of deep spirituality. She stepped into that present moment with openness. She said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me just as you said. You know, Mary's, even though Mary had a unique situation, she wasn't the only one to face this kind of moment. In his letter to the Galatians, Paul said that he was striving with all his effort to help those Christians in Galatia to mature until Christ was formed in them. He was making an analogy saying that God was being incarnated in them again. And we as Christ followers too are met in this present moment with the complicated, messy glory of saying yes, as God is formed in the darkness of our hearts. It's a lot to ponder. So let's just take a few minutes together to still our hearts and our minds. And as we take these deep breaths, I wanna take maybe three deep breaths in and out. And as we take an in breath, I want you to think or even say out loud, I am the Lord's servant. And as we breathe out, think or say, let it be with me, just as you said. I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me, just as you said. I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me, just as you said. I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me, just as you said. Amen. This might be a new prayer for you, but it's a simple one, and it can actually follow you throughout your day as you're walking along or doing the laundry or whatever, just constantly bringing you into a deeper connection with God in the present moment. There are other prayers we can pray too, including one that Jesus taught his earliest followers to pray thousands of years ago. Ever since that time, his followers have been praying this prayer And in keeping with that tradition, we're going to pray it together now in the version we've been using for our Advent series. So let's pray that together. Source of all being, you inhabit the holiness of darkness. May we live your kingdom on this earth, which you created out of darkness and light. May each day have enough light and enough darkness for us all. You just set us free from our failings. May we reconcile divisions. Help us to perceive truth even when the way is obscured. For the darkness and the mystery and the shadows and all that is holy belong to you. Amen.